But they were dealing with the Judaizers, telling the new Gentile converts they needed to be circumcised to be saved. So these new believers have professed faith in Christ, which we believe is, is how they're justified, right? We're justified by faith alone. And then there's these extra biblical qualifications that they need to meet to actually be saved. And what we call that today is legalism when we add to the finished work of the gospel, right? There's, there's good boundaries people can set up, right? But here, let me give you an example of legalism all the way back to When you look at the conversation between the serpent and Eve, the serpent says, did God really say that? She says, God says that we can't even touch it. God didn't say that they couldn't touch it. So if Eve was telling Adam, God said we can't touch it, that's what we're saying is she's overstepping. It's a good boundary to have, but when we apply that to God's Word and say God said it and you have to do it, and if you don't do it, you're not perfect, and you're helpless and you're hopeless and you're not saved, it's contradictory to God's Word. So that was the issue that they had. So we go from one issue to jump into another issue here, picking up in verse 36. So we deal with legalism, and now we deal with a very um, difficult passage. Why? What makes this, this short passage so difficult? Before I read it, I want to let you know that it's difficult because there's no right and there's no wrong, but there ends up being a split. Take a closer look at the scriptures. Acts 15, picking up in verse 36, says, And after some days, Paul said to Barnabas, Let us return and visit the brothers in every city where we proclaimed the word of the Lord and see how they. Now, Barnabas wanted to take with them John called Mark. But Paul thought it was not best to take with them one who had withdrawn from them in Pamphylia and had not gone with them to the work. And there Rose, arose a sharp disagreement so that they separated from each other. Barnabas took Mark with him and sailed away to Cyprus, but Paul chose Silas and departed, having been commended by the brothers to the grace of the Lord. And he went through Syria and Cilicia, strengthening the churches. That's God's work for us this morning, church. Let's be in an attitude of prayer. Father God, we thank you again as always for this space of, of worship. We thank you for our church family and this time that we uh, have to gather um, in your name, in your presence, and the fellowship of our church family. God, I pray that you would bless this time. God, I pray that you would be with the kiddos as, as they are learning a lesson on their level and for the bigs going through the same scripture. God, I pray that we would be united together on the gospel. As we looked last week at the scriptures and we saw that there are things where we, we disagree sternly on, we plant our feet. Um, God, we approach this scripture and I pray that we would understand secondary issues. Though there's a split here, Lord, we do understand from the rest of your word and from even life experience that there are times where we disagree on secondary issues and that's okay. But God, I pray that we would remain faithful and firm on the gospel. As we look to uh, these short a uh, few short passages, verses, Lord, that you would just um, bless us with your word this morning, and God, that we would be sanctified by it and changed forever and united together according to your word. Father, we love you, we praise you, thank you, and pray all these things by the power of your spirit and in the name of your son, Jesus, amen. 
Amen, church. All right, so we look at the passage, and, and we, we do see the issue. Uh, but a few things I want to look at for us. We don't have like this, this big main idea, but I want to look at three points for us, and that's that splits happen, mission continues, and grace abounds. Splits happen, mission continues, grace abounds. Now, question here of, of this text, because this is something it, it teaches us. I mean, it, it's, it's very clear, and the part of it that hurts is that, that we see a split, right? We see that there's a disagreement, and we feel like as Christians, that's not okay, or, or sometimes we've got the disposition that we should split over everything. We shouldn't be united on anything, right? We should be able to say, I disagree, I'm just going to go my own way, I don't agree with that, I don't like that you're boldly proclaiming that, I don't like that you're teaching it that way, I don't like that you're so firm, is the word, but I don't know if it's the word, right? We just want to split and just not be a part of, not be united, not be involved in. But the first thing we have to understand is splits do happen. We need to be honest with ourselves that this is something that is going to happen, now, we pray, right, that, that we here are united in the gospel to where we're not breaking up. A lot of times, just let you all in, this, this morning I'm going to be very transparent about a few things just to, to let you in on how I see this uh, play out in the day-to-day -day, uh, life of Michael Meadows. There's times where your elders are texting and we're going back and forth and uh, we, Pastor Gary will say, this is cool, this is like a Paul and Barnabas, but you know, me and Michael don't need to split on it. And I'm like, yeah, but you're still wrong, right? Like, like we want to, like we still want to, like have hold our end. But, but Pastor Gary does a great job of saying this is Paul and Barnabas. But when we say that, we're not like, all right, you go start New Hill 2.0 because we're going to split. Understand that there are these issues where we don't fully agree on. And church, you all should be thankful. Some pastors they would have everybody in head coverings, and you know we work that out, and we say it's a tertiary issue, right? And um, we we work the everybody. My wife is sweating. She's like, please tell me you're going to fight that off. Like, yeah, yeah, right, right, right. So we, we talk about the Scriptures. We're like, what does that mean? It's so important that we get it right. What does the Scripture say? But ultimately, there's going to be some division. Ultimately, there's going to be times of disagreement. And Lord forbid there ever be a split here. There's a split here in this passage. So what happened? What exactly had gone on? So... Recap in all of Acts, they're planting churches. That's a good enough recap. The mission is continuing on. The gospel is spreading. They were pushed out of Jerusalem by persecution, but now we see that that was a blessing because the gospel is going to the nations, to every tongue, to every tribe, to the Gentiles. This is a huge uh, deal. And we're getting to see it play out. But what happened here? With two strong brothers that were great missionaries, a great team together, what happened? Verse 36. And after some days, Paul said to Barnabas, let us return and visit every brother in every city where we proclaim the word of the Lord and see how they are. They want to check up on the churches that they've planted. Now that makes sense, right? Hey, brother, we've been planting a bunch of churches. Let's go check in on them. Let's go see how they're doing, right? Makes sense. But now Barnabas, this is the issue. Barnabas wanted to take with them John called Mark. So this is John Mark. But Paul thought it was best not to take with them one who had withdrawn from them in Pamphylia and had not gone with them to the what, church? The work. It says that, that Barnabas wanted to take John Mark, who happened to be his cousin. I don't think this is nepotism here. I think this is his sincere view of, of John Mark. Barnabas saw something in him, saw qualifications that Paul didn't see. 
What happened? Such a big deal for Paul. Why can't he let it go? Well, you go back into Acts 13, 13, and you get an account of what had happened. And we see there in Acts 13, 13, now Paul and his companions set sail from Paphos and came to Persia and Pamphylia, and John left them and returned to Jerusalem. But they went, and John left them and returned to Jerusalem. I'll stop there. It's just 13. So they had work to do, right? They still had things to get done. And Paul takes issue of this. Now, we don't know fully what went down. We don't know if John was like, hey, my mom's sick. I don't think that's the case. I don't think Paul would be mad for John Mark going and checking on his mom in, in Jerusalem because she was sick and not doing well. It seems like John Mark's being what we used to call at the warehouse in West Virginia a milker, right? He's going to go find a place in the corner of the warehouse. There's work to do, and he doesn't want to be a part of it. Now, a little bit of context with missionary work, especially overseas, when you're starting to travel abroad and you're not just in your hometown, it becomes a, a very hard work. It's hard here too, but there's something about being on the road, there's something at that time where, where if John Mark could have made the wrong move, the apostles could have been killed, right? This is, this is a big deal, and John Mark takes off. So we believe that that's the, the issue that Paul has with him, and it doesn't seem to be disputed. Paul seems to be upset that would not continue on with them because there was work still to be done. We think it's as simple as that. Paul did not like that he did not finish the job in the first place. Verse 38 says that. Did not think it was fit to take one with them who had not gone with them to the work. Now I think that word is important because work implies that there's something that needs done. They need... A few years ago... Um, it's probably been it's a, it's been a few few years ago. We went on a trip with our uh, pastor from West Virginia, and we met up and we went to the beach with his family. And it was just me and Aubrey, and and she was pregnant with Maylee at the time. And and there's something about being on vacation at the beach that makes me I just have to get all you can eat crab legs. Luckily for me, this is what makes you a dear brother to me is if you like all you can too. I know that about Jeff Pro because we did that recently. But our time at the beach. Um, Brother Will and I, we said, hey, we have to have one night set aside, and we know that we're not taking our families because they're terrible at these all-you-can-eat buffets because we're into the second fall, and they're ready to go home. And we just paid like $75 to $100 here for all-you-can-eat crab legs. We're here for the crab. Well, this year, Brother Will decided his oldest son was old enough, old enough to come with us. It's going to be the man trip. This is going to be when uh, what we called and Mike, his name's Micah, he was going to become a man on this crab leg trip. It was on that trip, on my second plate of food, that I learned that little man Micah wasn't ready. He did not come prepared for the work that needed to be done. He came for the work, but not the longevity of the work. And it was that, that moment that Brother Will and I locked eyes and we said, he's not coming next year. Like, this little man didn't prove himself, so we are leaving him at home with the ladies and with the little brother next time because he can't finish his plate, right? Now, this isn't saying that the ladies can't come. It was just that our ladies proved that they were not crab leg eaters, and so did Micah. And at this moment, Paul sees the same thing in John Mark. He says, this man was ready for the mission, but not the longevity of the mission. Can't be sending... 
people back and forth and trying to establish and plant churches and do this hard work with men who are not ready to do this hard work. This was Paul's reminder of that moment back in Acts chapter 13. Paul was not happy with this, but we see the conflict here, right? We see that Barnabas wanted to take him. He says, I want to take John Mark. Paul thought it was best not to take with them one who had withdrawn and who had not gone with them to the work. Now this reminds us of something that we all need to know about all peoples, that we are sinners and therefore we sin. Now this is the issue here. Who sinned? Did they sin? Did John Mark sin in leaving? Is, is Barnabas sinning and, and wanting to take him prematurely? Is, is Paul sinning and, and drawing line in the sand and saying we're not taking him? But I'll tell you one thing it shows us is that we are dysfunctional at times. And it shows. It shows up in our life that there's moments where we're dysfunctional. Maybe where they could have worked it out. Maybe where Paul could have said, all right, you bring him, but if we got to take him back home to Mama back in Jerusalem, you're going to be the one who's taking him, Barnabas. But it reminds us that division is going to happen. Now, the severity of it will depend on the grace that we're willing to show and willing to receive. Now hear that. Now, the severity of the division that comes within our church will depend on the grace that you're willing to receive and that you're willing to show. Because we're going to need grace in those moments and we are going to need to show grace. That's what's beautiful when Pastor Gary sends that. It's not like he's saying, you're wrong and I still disagree. He's saying that I understand your point and this is a secondary issue. It's no reason for us to, to argue. And we agree. We see that things are important to talk about, important to hash out, and, and take very seriously. But it's not putting over. You see, hindsight's always 2020, and we'll see that later on with Paul when he's calling for John Mark to be sent to him. But in the moment, they could not agree. They couldn't come to terms with one another. They couldn't figure this out. And Paul understands this. Paul writes about this in Ephesians 4, 1 through 5, should be on the screen. I, therefore, a prisoner for the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called, eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, just as you were called to the one hope that belongs to your call, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. Ephesians 4 really gives us a good insight of the church, and it goes on to give us this pastoral calling and what we are supposed to do in equipping the saints for the work of ministry. But here at the beginning of chapter 4 of Ephesians, Paul reminds them and urges them to walk in a manner, of the worthy, walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you've been called, eager like eager, like like I, I like look at Maylee and I think like what is she eager for? And Maylee is eager for birthday parties, right? She lives for them. This child loves birthday parties. Like yesterday was the highlight of her 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 day because she got to go to a birthday party. Probably the highlight of her week, but I can't remember if she went to another birthday party. At that point, it's just comparisons. What birthday party is the, the best, right? Like people met Maylee, some new friends of ours met Maylee in January, and she started talking about her birthday to them then. And if you know her, her birthday's in August, right? She's eager. She, she longs for those times, right? And I think about that, that childly instinct to the things that they love and they long for. Do we, are we eager for the things of the Lord that he's given us? And guess what he's given us as a gift? Our church family, are we eager to maintain the unity 
of the Spirit and the bond of peace. Standing firm on the gospel, right? That's not a secondary issue. We saw that there was real issues taken up in the early part of chapter 15 because the gospel was being distorted. We see that in Galatians as well. But we should be eager to maintain the unity. Understand splits happen. But too often, church, our first instinct is to disfellowship. Keep in mind that just because we read of a split does not mean that it was necessarily right, nor was it necessarily wrong. But we know for sure that Paul says here in Ephesians, eager, be eager to maintain the unity of spirit, the spirit and the bond of peace. Church, we should desire to work things out. We should be eager to work things out. We should be eager to reconcile just as Christ has reconciled us. We also know that in the event that we must separate ways, if there's a chance that you have to separate from or disfellowship from a brother or sister or from a church down the road, 10 years down the road, whatever happens here and you're gone and you're thinking back to this, even if you separate from whatever or whoever you separate from, splits happen and the mission continues. Point number two, the mission continues. See, the issue, people will split and, and disfellowship and then go to live an isolated life, which is a life disobedient to the Lord. You see, there's, there are times where it's necessary to split, whether or not this was that time. Let me give you an example. Just as we departed from the SBC, we announced that to you guys on Sunday. Even though we announced and mentioned our departure from the SBC, this does not stop or slow down the mission of New Hill Church. We, we saw there was a hindering of being a part of something for us for the gospel, so we said, let's not hinder that, or even better, let's not let something else outside of ourselves hinder our church family's work for the gospel. So our disfellowship, we feel like, speeds us up. It doesn't slow us down. And let me tell you something. Paul and Barnabas, it did not slow them down. They did not let the split become something that, that stopped them from going forward. Actually, this is the only time, and I was reading this in the study, where you see multiplication by subtraction or division. Right? When I talk to, to group leaders, or if I pop into your group and you're like, yeah, I can't wait to split and, and have two groups, I'm like, huh. Like, no. This is like the only time where a split's good. We want to multiply, right? We want to raise up a new leader in that group as those groups grow and then multiply, right? But this is the only time we see that there's actually division, right? Paul and Barnabas weren't getting along, but they go on and God uses it and God blesses it and plants churches through these men. Church, the mission continues despite differences. Look at um, verse 41. Here, let me pick up in, in verse 39. So there arose a sharp disagreement so that they separated from each other. Barnabas took Mark with him and sailed away to Cyprus. And Paul chose Silas and departed, having been commended by the brothers to the grace of the Lord. And he went through Syria and Cilicia, strengthening the churches. Now we're going to go on to read more and more. Like I, I could spend all morning just reading the resume of these men, both of them, uh, Barnabas uh, with John Mark, and we could read about uh, Paul with uh, Silas. We see the amazing work that the Lord did through both parties as they separated. But what we need to understand here this morning is despite their differences, church, despite our differences, 
we are still Christians. What that means is, is you still have work ahead of you. You still have a job to do. We collectively still have a job to do, to go and to make disciples, telling of the gospel, telling of the truths of the scriptures, baptizing, doing all of these things. So even if there's a sharp disagreement, one worth splitting over, when you leave or depart from whomever or whatever, you still have work to do. You still have a job to get done. But what happens, especially here in America, is we get mad at a believer, at a belief, or at the church as a whole, so then we separate ourselves from believers, beliefs, and the church. We leave behind sound doctrine, sound teaching. We go about in our own ways. We wind up on YouTube and on podcasts, listening to anything and everything we can get into our ear, not testing it, not using discernment, being out of the fellowship of the saints, which God has called you to and saved you. And we go about our own way. But when we see this split, whether right or wrong, we see that the mission continues. We see that their eyes were not settled on that, that dispute. They went about continuing in the work of ministry that God had called them to. Despite our differences, we're still Christians. Despite our differences, we're still disciples. Despite our differences, we're still the hands and feet of the gospel. See, God has called you he has saved you, and He has sent you to do the work that He has saved you to. We are to be conduits of His grace and of His mercy, and we cannot do that apart from Him. And that is a part, you are apart from Him if you are out of the church. You are apart from Him if you are out of fellowship with other believers. You're apart from Him if you just, just split over any and every little thing. Let's get a better understanding of the gospel and this reconciliation and keeping our eyes and our minds focused on the gospel. We know that in the Scripture it says in Romans 5, 6, and 11, 6 through 11, should be on the screen, for while we were still weak, at the right time Christ died for the ungodly. For one will scarcely die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person one would even dare to die. But God shows His love for us and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Since, therefore, we have now been justified by his blood, much more shall we be saved by him from the wrath of God. For if while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more, now that we are reconciled, shall we be saved by his life. More than that, we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we now receive reconciliation. See, we didn't become enemies of God just to have Jesus back off. Church, we were born enemies of God. God knew that. Yet, though while we were born, and not just born enemies, helpless and hopeless, right? We act that out. We live that out. It wasn't, oh, look at Michael in his helpless state. He had no other choice. No, I live that out. My sinful, wrathful nature apart from Christ shows itself any chance it gets. It's not just an attribute you can add to me and it's just there somewhere. It shows itself. So while we were enemies, born that way, living that way, Christ continued on to accomplish the plan from eternity past to redeem his people to eternity future. We get the ministry of reconciliation through the reconciliation of Christ Jesus. 
We see what had happened. As, as they were maybe not fully reconciled in their relationship, but they knew that because Christ had reconciled them, they had a job to do. Knowing that, hey, we may have our differences, but remember that Jesus has reconciled you back to the Father. And just because we get upset, and maybe even we, we withdraw ourselves from the situation and the mission for the people of God, it continues. Even though you may withdraw yourself from whatever situation or person it is, the mission for the people of God continues on, and it must. It's like the other night, Aubrey and I, we had a dispute. She was wrong. Um, but the dispute was that we had, a, we had a long day. She's not usually in here, so it's easier to do these illustrations when she's not in here. We had a dispute the other day, and I laid on the couch. I even think I put like long johns on, and I was just brought the blanket down from the bed, and I was just ready to watch whatever show we were going to watch, and I hop onto the couch, and I knew that she had had a long day too. I, I was um, out doing my thing, but I came home and with two kids and a fussy one at that for the whole day. Everything was clean and spotless and it looked good, but we'd had dinner just before we left, so there were some dishes in the sink, but I didn't care. I was tired. She walks in. She says, you're really not going to do the dishes? And I said, no, I am not doing the dishes tonight. I was like, I will do them tomorrow, maybe even when you go to bed, but right now we're watching a show and we are relaxing. She's like, I'll just do the dishes myself. I was like, yeah, you will. And I was like, mm, that's mean. No, you don't do the dishes. I'm going to bed, right? Like, I'm just trying to, like, find my way to get out of this. And then I remembered and go up the steps and, like, wanting to go to the steps. I'm like, you know what? I'll do the dishes. And I got my, like, last little jab, and I'm like, but I'm not watching a show with you tonight. I'm like, not cool. I repent. But it reminded me when I was walking away, I was like, even if I go to bed and tell her not to do the dishes, there's still something that needs to be done. Even if you disfellowship from this church or from God's people, church, there's still work to be done. It's like we, we think that like we, we have a disagreement and because we're right, we can get out of this. It's like our like one way, like God will understand, like, you know, Pastor Gary made me mad and like I don't have to do anything anymore because I'm right, right? Now I don't have to do anything because Brother Gary made me mad. That's not true. 1 Chronicles 16.23 says, Sing to the Lord all the earth. Tell of His salvation from day to day. Each and every day from, from the Old Testament to the New Testament, church, God's people have had a God calling to go and to tell people the salvation found in the Lord. Our disfellowship from believers and from churches does not stop the mission. Church, do not. Remember, remember this years down the road. I, I feel like everything's good right now. Everybody's good. But do not in your frustration with others be found neglecting that which God has commanded you. You can be frustrated with, with me. You can be frustrated with Pastor Gary. You can be frustrated with the pastors here. You can be frustrated with a brother and sister here. And it might be right and it might be wrong. The point this morning is that the mission must continue. People need to hear the gospel. People need to see the gospel played out in our life. They need to see this. Paul and Barnabas show us something great, even in a split. Even if it was wrong or even if it was right, church, they show us something. The mission didn't stop. The mission continues on to teach and to show that grace abounds, point number three. Because the mission went on, because these men went on to, to go and to tell people and strengthen the churches, it showed that grace abounds. 
Paul says, should we continue on sinning, right? Should, it seemed like their split went great. Why don't we just call a church split today? It'll go great. No, that's not what that means. But because of the split, we see that grace abounds. And grace abounds beautifully in so many different ways that I want to take a few different angles here. So be prepared to spend maybe a little bit more time past 10 before the band comes back up to sing. The beauty in having the rest of the story played out, right? The beauty in having the rest of Acts and the letters and the epistles, right? Is that we, we get to see how the rest played out. You see, Paul didn't end up mad at Barnabas forever. And even more so, he ends up calling for John Mark. He ends up saying that John Mark is beneficial to him. Listen to this out of uh, 2 Timothy 4, verses 9 through 11. Do your best to come to me soon. For Demas, in love with this present world, has deserted me and gone to Thessalonica. Crescens has gone to Galatia, Titus to Dalmatia. Luke alone is with me. Get Mark and bring him with you, for he is very useful to me for ministry. You know, at some point, Paul later changes his mind about John Mark. Now, this could be due to time, right? Like, just time passes and you're like, ah, life's too short, right? I'm just going to let it go. It could have been him seeing that John Mark was the real deal, that he loved the Lord and he was committed to the mission. He wasn't going to leave with work to be done any further. Or maybe Paul realized he was wrong to begin with. We don't know. But he calls for this brother and says that he is useful to him for the ministry. It shows us, church, that grace abounds. The two had later worked together for the sake of the gospel. The Scriptures show us that. Two things I want to focus on here. One, maybe you're the Paul in this situation, and you have to reverse course, right? Maybe later on in your life, and that, like, that person, I could definitely use them, or maybe I need to go back on that or say sorry, or maybe I don't need to say sorry, but some time played out, and even if they're not going to say sorry, you're going to show them grace by inviting them back in and saying, hey, let's do this thing together. Never be so prideful that you can't go back. Don't end up, even if you're right or wrong. See, that's the, that's the crazy thing about this text. Pastor Gary and I were talking about it this morning even. Is you don't know who was right or wrong. Could have been right on both sides. They make arguments uh, for, for both. We see that other men follow both parties, but they continue on in the mission. And we see that grace abounds. Never be so prideful that you can't go back. Maybe you were right or wrong. But we believe and reconciliation. Amen, church? It is a beautiful sign of the grace that saved you while you were still at odds with the God who saved you. Number two, so maybe you're the Paul. Number two, maybe you're living else by everyone else's approval. So maybe you're the John Mark. Now imagine being John Mark. You're like the Paul in this situation. You're like sitting here and you're like, he doesn't want me. I'm listening to his arguments. I'm hearing some people get behind him. And then you feel called to do the work of ministry. Not necessarily pastoral ministry, right? But maybe just ministry. And you feel like you're, you're ill-equipped. And you feel like you're resting on everybody else's approval. Maybe verbally, you don't feel like anybody's disapproving of you, but you feel ill-equipped and, and like not qualified, right? For the work. Again, I'm not saying that John Mark was right or wrong in the beginning, but John Mark ended up being right. 
Why? Because he didn't stop at Paul's approval. When Paul disapproved and went about his way, John Mark didn't go into a corner and pout about it. He continued on. He showed that grace abounds. This is not to say to ignore those disapproving of you if they're speaking scripturally. What do I mean? If you are living in sin, right? if you feel like you're aspiring to pastoral ministry, men, you're looking at the qualifications, if the pastors here see that you are disqualified for whatever reason, when we speak that, we're speaking that truth in love. Because it is not simply for men to pastor, but qualified men that God has set aside for the work. Period. So don't just ignore people when they're talking to you. Let me give you an example. This is uh, more transparency. So uh, early on in our church plant, we looked to join a network called Sojourn Network, right? We were like a month old, but really a year into the work of faithfully serving and trying to plant this church. And Aubrey and I, we go down to Louisville, Kentucky, and we have this, this assessment with other people. There was you know, about 12 or 14 folks meeting at the Moose Lodge with us. And um, we go down there, and we're thinking that this network's going to be great. It's going to be beneficial. They've got uh, solid pillars and foundations. And we left that assessment, and we said, yeah, everything seemed to go well, right? Well, I get a couple weeks later, and they start going through the assessment. And what they said is there's, there's three tiers of how they, they rate people. And the third one being you've, you failed, and we think that you should, you should just drop out of ministry. Let me tell you something. Your reject pastor fell into tier three. And that hurt. I remember thinking to Aubrey and, and, and talking to Aubrey and calling our pastor in West Virginia. I'm like, man, like I just met these people. So like I'm trying to like figure out like what they're saying and how much is true. And man, you know, we've got 14 people faithfully meeting, and I don't care like how big it is or how big it gets, but, but man, like we really feel like God's called us to this. And you know what we said? We said, let's plant our feet. Let's work and grow and mature. Like if you were here in the beginning, you had like a 22, 23-year-old church planter, right? You had a, a baby for a pastor, right? Like my beard was a little bit thinner than it is now, right? Like I was just getting lucky. My voice was still squeaking. Like I was doing what I could to preach the word without cracking. But you know what? We knew that God had called us to this. We knew that... that in talking to our pastor in West Virginia, the qualifications were met. The, the calling was clear. So let's take some things, learn from it, and grow. But never leave the calling that God has placed on your life so long as it is biblical. And church, I'm not saying like, look at me. Look at us. Because what God has done, because God didn't stop the train in October of 2017, God has blessed our church family immensely with great and strong believers. We've come alongside of one another. We complement one another. And God is doing something great here. Church, this teaches us the need for grace because grace abounds. You see, we all have a messy story. We all have people who probably tell us that we need to stop and we need to quit. But we really need to pray. We need to ask God, is this the direction you want me to go in? And Paul later calls for John Mark. He says he is very useful for me for the ministry. How great is that? Ben, you can go ahead and come back up here. Church, we, we need to remember these truths this morning. Is that, that splits do indeed happen. Mission must continue, though. And grace abounds. You see, it's in our differences that people see the beauty of the gospel. 
that we're not perfect, that we're messy, that we have stories, things that, that we don't want to come up. Church, you know how difficult it is to talk about a, a, a panel of people who say, close down your church? And how difficult that is in the, that moment that I'm committed, I'm four hours from my family, I'm like, what am I going to do? I'm like, wait, I'm already doing what I'm supposed to do. You see, I, we value the feedback from man, but we follow the call from God so long as, as it is biblical. Church, division, disputes, those things are going to happen. What continues? Say it with me. Mission. Mission continues, and church, grace abounds. And you know what? Grace is all we need. We need the grace of God to be shown to us. And the grace will cause us to be faithful to the Word and be faithful to Him. When you look at the cross, when you look at the sacrifice of Jesus, it teaches you about the grace and the mercy that was shown to an undeserving people. And that's what we need to follow and be faithful to Him. If you're here today and you're struggling with your relationship with Christ, you don't know if you have one, repent and believe in the gospel because grace abounds. You are at odds with God. But the mission is this, that we, of the message that we've been saved by, are here to tell you that we're all sinners, we're all messy, we all have moments like John Mark, we all have moments like Paul and Barnabas. They were not perfect. But they knew the one who was, Jesus Christ our Savior. So we need to look to him praise him, and long for his coming. But until that day, we go and we tell people, repent and believe in the gospel, and you will be saved. Church, go ahead and stand. Let's sing this last song to our Lord this morning. Praise him. And, and next Sunday, we're, we're taking a break from Acts. You all know what next Sunday is? What's next Sunday? Kate's like, I'm not going to say it. She's like, I, I know, but it, it's Reformation. Sunday. Some of you all wanted to say the H word in church today. Halloween. It's Reformation Sunday, so we're going to spend some time talking about that, which is, has everything to do with this. The mission and grace abounding that we have a job to do. That there's splits that happen. But the mission continues, and guess what, church? Grace abounds. Praise God. Let's pray. Father God, thank you so much for this morning. And, and God, pray we're probably, we walked in here disagreeing with one another this morning. God, secondary issues, it's not that they're not important, but God, we want to unite on the gospel. We want to be faithful to the mission you've called us to. We know that grace abounds. God, we don't want to sin so that grace may abound, but we want to seek reconciliation and show that grace indeed abounds in all moments at all times for your people. God, thank you for who you are and what you've done. Pray that you would be with us the rest of the week. Bless the groups and their time meeting. Bless, bless the kids and their time as they're wrapping up and, and their classes and and God, we just thank you so much for all of your provision here at the church and just for our church family. Uh, God, just be with those who are missing uh, this morning. And God, we pray for those we haven't met yet. Pray that you would go before us, soften their hearts. And God, that we would be faithful to teach the good news that Jesus saves. Father, we love you and praise you and ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's sing.